The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. Making it into the studio. Woo! Yes, <laughs> oh, man. Happy December 12th, a.k.a. pretty much halfway to Christmas. Hope everyone's getting Ooh. their shopping done. I have not started yet, but, you know, what are you going to do? I do want to go out to the, there's like a Meli Kalikimaka um, support local type of fair thing at the Blaisdell this weekend. So hopefully I can get some shopping done there to support local, hopefully. You guys do the same as well. Not necessarily go to the Blaisdell, but go to your craft fairs and everything to try to give back and support the small local businesses if you can this holiday season. All right. Woo. Coming up today, uh, the wonkiness, as I tweeted about yesterday, continues. Uh, it continued through yesterday as we got not one, but two upsets in the doubleheader on Monday Night Football, one of which being historic. Yes, it was a historic a comeback victory, literally. We'll get to that. Take a look at some of the odds um, and the playoff picture as now that this week has is officially in the books. Also, we didn't get to it yesterday, but we'll, and you heard our Chaz on tie mention it in the little sports update. Shohei Otani deferring majority of that $700 million contract way down the road. And essentially the Dodgers taking full advantage of the lack of firm rules between the MLB and the CBA. And hey, it's not illegal and they're just doing what they do. Maybe thing changes will come now that they are able to really flex their dominance uh, in terms of talent and now their pocketbook. So we'll get you the breakdown of that coming up on the show because I think it's just fascinating. And Shohei Otani doing Shohei Otani things by being the unselfish player and only care about winning to give his team and of all people, it's the Dodgers. Anyways, we'll get we'll get into that. But first things first, I do want to give a recap and talk some UH football because there's a lot going on in this offseason in terms of official visits and commits coming in. One of the newest commitments to just come in that I saw over the X space this morning was Sitani Mikaele, the running back at Farrington, who was quite the standout uh, this past season. He just posted on the X platform that he has committed to the University of Hawaii. Uh, he's listed as an athlete, so just curious on where he's going to be. He is a preferred walk-on commitment, so he's six foot, 235 pounds, again, out of Farrington High School. Some of the verbal commitments and all of this stuff, by the way, warriorallaccess.com. You can get like a lot of this easy info to see. So shout out to them that they keep all of this updated. Some of the verbal commits, we talk about him a lot. Of course, Micah Alejado, who we hope to see uh, sign next week officially, as he alluded to through his social media. So 5'10", 170-pound quarterback out of Bishop Gorman, the number one ranked high school team in the country. Uh, his fellow teammate, running back Devon Rice, also a verbal commitment. Uh, Joshua Tavui, some of the ones that came down uh, recently. 
And Jay Taala Harris is committed. 6'5", 280-pound offensive lineman out of Lakewood High School in California. Another recent one this morning. He does take his official visit this week, but he actually already verbally committed to the University of Hawaii. Christian Vaughn, 5'11", 220-pound running back out of Butte College. That a, that's a pretty that's a good size running back right there. Boy. Yeah, it's what we need. We always talked about not being able to see Najee Bryant Lele kind of find his footing this past season, and he has entered the transfer portal for this season. So it's nice to see that we get a verbal commit from another big back because, hey, we need to get the running the the running backs going this coming season to help diversify our offense. Some of that, of course, has to deal with the line, and at least we get a commitment from. As I just mentioned, a 6'5", 280-pound offensive lineman from California. Another fun commitment, Jarvis. This is the one. Do we find out how to say it? If it's Dino or Dino, hey, Muli. <laughs> I, I have not found out the official pronunciation of Dino or Dino, but I, I am going to go Dino for now just because I like to think a, a prehistoric you know, predator that's coming onto the field, going to eat up those yards after catch and all that stuff. Oh, I love it. Yes, he's a 6'3", 190-pound wide receiver out of Trinity High School uh, in Texas. And, of course, fun fact, he is the younger brother of one of our standout wide receivers from this past season, Pafele Ashlock. So, I mean, if he's coming into town, being able to do anything close to what his brother has done, that's going to be really fun for whoever our starting quarterback is going to be. Whether it be Micah Alejado, I don't know because it's always, it's always tricky as much as we want to you know cheer on the new talent coming in and especially one of the local boys. Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to just come in here. The step up from high school to college or Division One football actually is really difficult. It, it's it's a big step up. So for a freshman to take over starting duties, uh, I, I don't, I, let's just say we shouldn't get our hopes up too high. But what helps if in the event that that happens or whoever our starting quarterback will be next season, got to have some weapons to throw to and definitely have to have that offensive line. So some of those commitments coming in again, official visits also happening. Uh, some of the other guys coming in for their official visit this week. We have a Dion Washington, 6'3", 290-pound defensive end, recently transferred out from Nevada and will make his official visit here in Hawaii. As we mentioned, Christian Vaughn, he verbally committed, but he is technically taking his official visit this year. Uh, last season, he rushed, rushed 209 times for 1,456 yards with 18 touchdowns in 11 games for Butte College. Again, another, you know, Juco transfer, which we love to see because they're just a little bit older and have that much more experience coming over to Division One, and we've seen a lot of success lately. Uh, another player taking their official vis visit this week is Alvin Puefua, 6'4", 320-pound defensive lineman, offensive tackle slash guard from West High School in Salt Lake City, Utah. And there's another one, 6'4", 320 Pounds, love to see it. Big boys on the line. That's what we, Hawaii really needs. What we've been lacking, especially because we are losing a significant amount of our linemen uh, after the senior class. Uh, last but not least, we got a Christian Perry, six seven, two hundred and ninety pound offensive tackle from Riverside City College. 
will make his official visit to UH this week as well. He was selected first team all-conference in the Southern California Football Association, currently has FBS offers with Ohio, UMass, and the University of Hawaii. So another, you know, college transfer that you love to see because it, again, it's it's at least that, that half step up from high school, then you play at the collegiate level, and now you take the bigger step up to Division One. And I like getting these, you know, JUCO transfers to come over to UH because they've already had more of that experience, not only in the game, but just in life. You know, like they, they've out, they're out of high school and now they've experienced college life. So making that jump from high school to Division One football isn't so deer in the headlights. I mean, I don't know, you know, their background situation, but just speaking in general, that sometimes as a young player fresh out of high school, you're adapting to like two major life changes at the same time, playing at the higher level and adapting to life potentially far away from your family, living on your own for the first time. So I love to see some of these JUCOs come in. Uh, Continuing on with some of the other verbal commits so far, Armando Lewis Jr., athlete, 6'4", 200 pounds, out of Canyon Springs High School. Uh, We've talked about Tui Muti before, offensive lineman, 6'2", 290, out of Punahou. Uh, Another Punahou guy, Aliko Kavako Amoy, linebacker, 6'1", 210. Some of the other local guys that this is like, announced way before but coming into they finished up their senior season they will be on campus hopefully (laughs) next season (laughs) Noah Wiley defensive end from St. Louis Nazaya Carvalho a 6'3 225 pound defensive end out of Campbell so a lot to look forward to for our Hawaii fans as we look to continue the momentum hopefully I know it didn't feel like much this this past season and I know we kind of felt like we took some cracks last week with you know Braden Shager entering the transfer portal and that whole thing that went down but you know what turning the page looking ahead and I think fans can be very very excited again if you want to see all of this stuff right there go to warrioralaccess.com and they keep track of all of this for you so shout out to those guys and all of the work that they put in to keeping us well updated with our Rainbow Warrior football content. Yes, they do an awesome job over there. Excellent shout out by Yuku. And football is the ultimate team sport. So I know we took a crack last week in the loss of QB1. I know that it hurts when you lose your starting kicker as well. But it is nice to get a reminder of, yes, you may lose one or two people from the transfer portal, But man, look at how many people believe in the message of Timmy Chang, of this coaching staff, of this team. I mean, if you go and listen to Christian Vaughn talk about what he liked about Hawaii, what made him commit, it was because of the family feeling that they have here. It feels Mm -hmm. like everybody is pulling for everybody else before themselves, and that's why guys are so easily sucked into this where they know their effort is being rewarded by all the other guys in the same exact way and in that sense you see so many talented players both from the mainland and here locally staying home coming here and wanting to continue building that because like you said there was momentum to end last year Mm -hmm. they finished with the over which if you Listen to this show early before the season. You would have got in on that. If you didn't, well, now you're in now so you can hear <laughs> next year's predictions. All I'm saying on that. But 
ultimate team sport. You're bringing in a great recruit in Micah Alejaro. You still don't know what the Bows are going to do in the transfer portal, being that it mm-hmm. just really opened up, what, 10 days ago, give or take. Mm-hmm. And going forward, you're going to see some more movement, those quality pieces joining into the Brotherhood here in Manoa as they continue to work towards a bowl game once again, towards the top of the Mountain West and towards being a national name once again under Timmy Chang. Yeah, and one thing that's important to point out as well with some of the guys that transferred out, when I talked to Coach Chef, let's see, maybe the week before their final game, they didn't have a lot of scholarships to work with. I believe there was only like six or so. But now when you have some of the guys that left, such as Braden Shager, Matthew Shipley, those are two scholarship guys. You have Christian Williams, Jordan Johnson, Grayson Morgan, as we mentioned, Mojo or Najee Bryant-Lelay, Joey Yellen, Kaulana Makaula, Jalen Walthall, Junior Taase, and Mackenzie Barnes and Steven Fiso. Those are all scholarship players. So that frees up a lot of uh, capabilities that Hawaii can and this coaching staff can do and can offer to players now that they have a little bit more like wiggle room and scholarship uh, offers. Because, you know, sometimes I know we talk a lot about the NIL and players still very much care about that, but there are still a significant amount of players that at least don't want to worry about paying for school. So if you can take care of your players and offer these scholarships, that's that can go a very, very long way. So looking at the bright side with all of these guys that transferred out, they're all scholarships. That's so many scholarships that just freed up for Hawaii to use moving forward. So again, hey, we wish everyone the best. We thank them for dedicating their time and their bodies and everything to the University of Hawaii. But now we turn the page and look at the bright side where, hey, Now our coaching staff has a lot more scholarships to work with, which could lead to getting significant talent in the transfer portal because some of these transfers that are in the portal are or were on scholarship at their previous institution. And again, sometimes they just want more playing time and not necessarily big NIL money. But at the very least, they want to make sure that their education is paid for, you know, room and board, all that stuff that comes with it, you know, cost of attendance and not have to worry. And they can just come and play football. So seeing all of those scholarships now that are available, again, this is they still have to manage the long term future and scholarships because you get a set amount every single year. But this is a pretty good start. If you're going if someone in the portal has maybe one year eligibility or two years, then Hey, this, these are guys you can grab right away. I mean, and this is all via warrioralaccess.com. Once again, go check them out if you haven't yet and you're curious about all the names with Hawaii football recruiting. Leaving the team via graduation, scholarship, or um, pardon me, transfer portal or whatever, there are 22 scholarships that are opening up this offseason, potentially 24 depending on what Jonah Panoke and Andrew Choi Mm -hmm. decide to do with one more year of eligibility. Both of them, I wouldn't blame them if they want to hang up the cleats. Football is a brutal sport (laughs) to play, though at the same time they might be back. So 22 to 24 scholarships to hand out there and make the team better. So just to go off your point a little bit more where all of a sudden that's almost a quarter of a roster that you can, in terms of scholarship players, that you can completely shift and bring in this elite talent or very good talent to raise the floor and the ceiling of the Rainbow Warriors. And I mentioned it before, and this is just echoing what 
uh, Coach Thomas Sheffield has said on his social media, come to the land of opportunity. Be like a Stephen McBride and, you know, come from a power five school. But if you're like third, fourth string down the down the line, you're like, hey, I can go to Hawaii, you know, get my education paid for and get those stats up. All and, I need is chance. Yep. All they need is the opportunity. I brought it. I. I brought it up on my social before. I doubt it will happen, but a uh, Ty Thompson, who was the backup for three years at the University of Oregon, uh, he <laughs> he had announced that he has entered the transfer portal because our local player Dylan Gabriel committed to Oregon over the weekend, coming over from Oklahoma, and clearly he was kind of like the top target for the Ducks when all of this during all of this transfer portal things going on. So Ty Thompson is like, all right, well, now I'm never going to get my turn. So he entered himself in the transfer portal and I threw it out there. I'm like, hey, you know what? Come to the land of opportunity. We don't have a lot of NIL money to offer you. I'm sure he gets. And that's the thing, right? I'm sure he gets a significant amount of money at Oregon just to be the backup quarterback. But he doesn't have the stats to warrant like a one million, two million dollar quote deal, NIL deal at any of these big schools, especially when you have other QB1s in the portal right now that have all that experience and all the the numbers that go with it. So, hey, man, come here for a year, do your stuff, and then Mike Alejado can at least, you know, have a year as a true freshman to, he gets to sit year. behind. He doesn't have the pressure to come in <laughs> exactly. and be the savior I mean, from Ty year Thompson one. I Thompson was what? Like, I, th- I believe a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Hey, the Hawaii guy. Had to sit guy, on the bench at Oregon. The Hawaii guy took your spot at Oregon. Go take the spot at Hawaii and make yourself beloved to uh, to the people who were rooting him on. You know, a little mm-hmm. little payback in that sense. And also, like we said, the land of opportunity. You want to put up some numbers, make up for lost time sitting on the bench. The run and shoot here in Hawaii with the weapons that are on the offense here. Whoo, man. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun for whoever's slinging the pigskin next season That's for the Bows. I think it writes itself. He has... he. He technically played three years. I'm sure he has the red shirt and COVID year. So he, I wouldn't blame him. Come here for a year, rack up those stats, and then go get your big payout over there. He is managed, I believe, by like RG3 or whatever agency RG3 has. So RG3, I know you listen to this show. <laughs> no, I mean, from what I follow him on social media, he seems like a very level-headed guy, not yeah. like a Lil Wayne agency that wants to go tell the QB1 here that he should go elsewhere, whatever. So I'm like, hey. If I'm in Ty Thompson's, uh, you know, circle, I would say go to Hawaii, play a year, put up the numbers, and then you can get paid your NIL deal elsewhere. And again, Hawaii fans, we just be straight up. We get it. Like, come over here with like no just one's don't expecting. Don't say you're throwing yeah. bombs in 2025. That's all. Right. That's my dream scenario. Everybody is <laughs> Ty Thompson comes here, throws it around, has all these receivers. Micah Alejado, true freshman, will learn under an experienced quarterback. and He gets the year to hit the weight room and yep. get bigger, and that way he's not 5'10", 160 behind an offensive line with a ton of new pieces. That offensive line gets to work together. It's good for everybody. Yeah, and he takes over the helm next year. It's perfect. And he breaks every Hawaii record afterwards. You're welcome, Timmy Chang. I just made your job easier. Boom. <laughs> that's, that's what we do here at HSRN. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. Okay. Let's go to step aside. We might uh, have a little, couple more thoughts on UH football and then uh, continue our conversation on football in general as we had the wonky day yesterday in the NFL to cap off this week. But we'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. 
Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kukule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Kukule Agbayani and Paul Brecht talking all about University of Hawaii football as a lot of the official visits have been happening since last week. Got a few guys coming in this week and a few guys that have already committed. One of the notable commitments to come come through this morning is Sitani Mikaele, six foot, 235 pound athlete out of Farrington High School. He was really he he was really good for the governors uh, throughout the season. And I don't even like got to look at his stats, but he was kind of the key to the governor's offense this entire season so a really good get for Hawaii he comes on as a PWO which is a preferred walk-on which means uh he it's not a scholarship but he's essentially on the team so if you guys ever see PWO or preferred walk-on that means you're automatically on the team you're not because you you hear your walk-ons all the time but preferred walk-on means there's a spot for you just we no just scholarship. Don't have, right. We just don't. It goes back to the conversation before where yeah. you only have so many scholarships to hand out and that doesn't mean Mikaele is totally void from getting mm-hmm. any help and also totally void from getting a scholarship in the future. I mean, we saw Koali Nishigaya mm-hmm. this past offseason pick Andrew up. Andrew Choi. Yeah, Andrew Choi, another one. So plenty of, especially local boys who chose to stay home, mm-hmm. committed themselves, put the work in, and they end up, they get that preferred walk on and move into a scholarship role. So certainly wouldn't be surprising to see him. I actually do have his stats up because uh, it it's the first thing I saw this morning, so I tweeted <laughs> out. Uh, Mika L.A. was the best running back in Hawaii this mm-hmm. year. He totaled over 1,600 yards from scrimmage, 1,500 of them coming on the ground, and 19 total touchdowns, 18 of which came rushing the football. So it goes back to what we said before, where the running back room, should that be where he ends up playing? I know he's listed as an athlete. He also plays on the defensive side of the mm-hmm. ball as an edge, but I would imagine he'll probably be the bowling ball running back that we have seen him become for the governors. I think he can be that for Hawaii. And, it and goes, that's what we need. Well, I was going to say, with Christian Vaughn coming in as well, putting up similar stats at the JUCO level, it goes back to our conversation before of kind of what we were joking with Ty Thompson and Micah Alejado giving some time for the younger high school kid fresh into college to not be thrown into the fire right away, kind mm-hmm. of ease themselves in, get stronger, get faster, get used to the game speed and level and physicality of the high or uh, pardon me of the college level high level college football at that it it's good the running back room got better today it's gotten better over the past week and it, it goes to show you how hard this coaching staff is working looking under every single rock whether it be preferred walk on scholarship players juco level transfer portal anything there are talented players out there and this coaching staff is looking so if you are working don't stop. <laughs> and we mentioned this before, but just because we don't see, you know, players out of Kahuku and Mililani, the top two teams in the state this past season, it doesn't mean the coaches aren't going out there and trying to get those players, right? So uh, fear not everyone because we don't see some of the players coming out of there. It doesn't mean it's a lack of trying. Uh, uh, that's who they try to go after first, the top players in the state to try I mean, to keep them home. But some of these top players have like really really good offers 
at like from schools all across the country. Yeah. So that's what that's, that's, that's the game of college football. It's it goes back to the do you want to go to the mainland? Do you want to stay yeah. home? Do you want to go to Power Five? Are you happy being in G five stuff? It it's all of that. Like you said, it's not like they're not recruiting. For senior night, they had Diesel Komoku from uh, Kahuku there, the the kid who mm, had the punt return right. touchdown that essentially ended up winning the game for mm-hmm. Kahuku. He was there on an official visit. <laughs> Thanks, Paul, for bringing that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, he was there on an official visit afterward. I don't know. Actually, I shouldn't say official visit because I don't know if that's confirmed or not. Yeah. He, I know he was there at the game. Kind of like Michael was right. at the game as well. Yeah. And, and being hosted to, to see what it was like and i mean it's a heck of a game to have the kahuku hit kids there (laughs) if you're gonna have a walk-off field goal like that have the environment that was crazy so you know if you are gonna try and keep those top level players home and convince them to stay away from those power five schools those type of visits they typically (laughs) they hang on a little bit longer and we were talking about this earlier with the scholarship players. Again, warrioralaccess.com has the list that is easy to follow and what we are going off of this morning. So notable scholarship offers, as we mentioned, the guys that committed in Dion Washington. Um, shoot, I lost. Oh, Christian Vaughn is a scholarship guy. Jay Ta'ala Harris, excuse me, not Dion Washington. He's taking his official visit this week, but has a scholarship offer from Hawaii. Another one, Keenan McCaddy out of Boise State. Safety. So looking at these transfers, and again, I love going after these trans Jordan Moko, Texas AM, offensive tackle. Another one with clearly a lot of experience going out there playing at Texas AM. So really excited to see the commitments that officially come in through the next couple of weeks and yeah I just we haven't talked about UH football in a while I'm like we got to start talking about this stuff because things are going to start happening now that we've officially turned the page on last season and everything that happened last week but you know what what are you gonna do we're gonna move on we're, we're Hawaii we this happens we get it and that's why I'm saying one one last push for now for this morning Ty Thompson RG3, get Ty Thompson to come here for a year, get those stats up, and then he can go get paid his NIL deal wherever he wants to go. But you want to play right away? You come to Hawaii and come to the land of opportunity, baby. (laughs) All right, when we come back, we will talk, recap this wonky week in the NFL in terms of what happened yesterday. Historic comeback win. I can't believe it. All right, we'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake up in the den with Kuhle Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. <laughs> Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht, a.k.a.'s little Santa chuckle over there. <laughs> got Santa in the house. It's a nice day outside. Ooh, wind's blowing today. We got our friendly pair of trees outside of the den that's kind of blowing with the same branch still hanging there. Nobody took it down yet, nor did it fall down, which I'm surprised because considering the... Um, enthusiastic people that we have outside the studio during the day i'm surprised that it hasn't been taken down yet so we'll see but nice day outside hope everyone is enjoying their first couple of days of the week so far as we are almost halfway through chris to christmas in december my goodness all right nothing like christmas 
for Giants and Titans fans yesterday. <laughs> oh my goodness, the Titans be with their historic comeback win. They beat the Miami Dolphins 28-27 and the reason why it was historic was because they are the first NFL team ever to be down 14 points with less than 250 or 255 255 2 minutes and 55 seconds left and win without overtime. So under 3 minutes to go there were teams down 14 were 0 and 767 since 2016 until the Titans beat the Dolphins last night. Now, those who didn't watch the game the Dolphins were without Tyreek Hill for a good portion of the game. Tuatonga Vailoa looked a little off. Their offensive line has gone through some injuries and they have, uh, haven't really worked together in a while. And you could see that as well. So Dan Tua just was under pressure a lot more than we've seen him without having the weapon of Tyreek Hill. Wasn't able to get the ball off as quick as he usually does. But I mean, hats off to the Titans. That. In the NFL, that is very rare to do, being down a couple of touchdowns with less than three minutes left, especially if you're the Titans playing a normally solid Dolphins defense. You know, this isn't, we joke because it usually happens, Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes never count them out. They can always do it, but it normally is not a thing. And for the Titans and Will Levis, of all people, to come back and beat the Dolphins, you know, it's still, at the end of the day, it's a win and a loss, so as much as Dolphins fans and myself can be like, well, you know, this, that, Tyreek Hill, game could have been different. Well, you know what? That's what happens in professional sports. People get injured. It's what happens. Dolphins still, though, were up the two touchdowns and should have won the game. Again, 767 times since 2016. 2016, no t- NFL team has ever come back to win without overtime after being done down by two touchdowns with less than three minutes to go. And now you have Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans at five and eight <laughs> beating the Dolphins. This is oh gosh. To add to the wonkiness that Paul and I like talked about extensively yesterday that had already happened on Sunday, although we celebrated some of the wonkiness yeah, we with celebrate the Bears and the Jets winning. So hey, we we like this week. But it was just, it was crazy to see with the Titans, again, with the Dolphins being up two touchdowns. It's not like the game was close the entire game, yada, yada, yada. Like, you can't so, you can't give the game away. Especially considering the Titans gave the game away in the moments before <laughs> yeah. then. The Titans self-destructed in the final minutes of the game, decided to just completely stop trying. It's 13-13, a muffed punt right inside the so 10. Gross. All of a sudden, Miami scores a touchdown. Boom. Then another turnover. Fumble in your own territory. Touchdown again, Raheem Mostert. You go up two scores with three minutes left. You can't lose that game no matter what. And it's honestly, it's truly, truly credit to Will Levis, Mike Vrabel, the entire Tennessee Titans team where they stay calm under pressure. They stay calm in that moment. And it goes to show you that truly anything can happen on any given day in the NFL. And that's Part of the reason why I try and I, I implore fans to not let losses let them, you know, go off kilter <laughs> so much because these are all the best football players in the world. Crazy stuff happens every single week, no matter, you know, this week a little more wonky than usual, but crazy stuff always happens. And 
big-time players make a ton of big-time plays, and this time all it took was a little Tyreek Hill injury and a lot of Will Levis magic. And a lot of just, I mean, on both, like if you guys watched the game, it was it was ugly. Like there were so uh, many mistakes yes. on both sides of the ball by each team. It was just hurt, like it was gross to watch because I can imagine if you're a fan of either team, it was just really frustrating. I did have the Dolphins defense. However, they did not help me win my fantasy. And I had Raheem Mostert. That did not help me either because thanks a lot, Josh Dobbs. <laughs> I would have been in it with those two <sighs> things that I had. Anyways, uh, congrats. Shout out to Titans fans. I know there's maybe a few of you out there still, even without Marcus Somewhere. Mariota there. <laughs> the other wonky game. So this is the crazy thing. One, it was already weird that we have like, a doubleheader on Monday Night Football that are starting at the same exact time. Usually they're dumb, staggered. By the way. They're staggered a little bit for the most part. Anytime there's doubleheaders, there's a, there's maybe like at minimum a half an hour. But like they both start at the same time. Doesn't one because ESPN or whatever has the rights to Monday Night Football. You had one game on ESPN, one game on ABC, and then you had the Manning cast calling both games. Um, but the other game which, sorry to our Kyle Caldera, that probably was brutal to watch, as the Packers, I, I thought they would like run through the New York Giants. Yeah, the Giants were at home, but the Packers have been kind of in this upward trajectory. Jordan Love seems like he's finding his, his groove with Green Bay now. But nope, the Giants come back. Tommy DeVito, the all-name team, my Four Seasons fans, uh, <laughs> beating the Packers 24-22. I know Paul is like just loving the Tommy DeVito thing and the meme that kind of went out because they showed a like they showed Tommy DeVito's agent next to him and they basically <laughs> they're playing into the stereotype. They're playing. I do the not fun- care. They are. They are playing into the stereotype. The funniest thing I saw to those the funniest people. meme was if you put into an AI generator, Tommy DeVito's agent, yeah. that's what you that's get. What it comes out. <laughs> Is, is you have an Italian quarterback who lives with his mom still in or on Long Island, who stinks. Like let's, I'm he's, just gonna, he's not he shouldn't. I'm like, just gonna put this out there, and people can call me a hater for this. Tommy DeVito stinks. He's not a good quarterback. There's a reason he went undrafted. There's a reason he didn't start the season. I think what this is a bigger indictment on is how bad Daniel Jones is because. How the heck is Tommy DeVito leading the Giants to wins when Daniel Jones couldn't? Maybe Daniel Jones was hurt all year and blah, blah, blah. Maybe Daniel Jones just stinks because Tommy DeVito's going out there, and this is where I do want to give credit to him. He's going out there week in and week out, and he's doing his job because <laughs> the kid's doing a fine job. He does stink. He's not a good yeah. quarterback. Everybody, I, I hope they're enjoying the, the gobble like goat. Like you said, they're, they're playing into it. I, yeah. I mean, at least they're a New York team. I know we kind of talked about off air that, all right, sometimes they're playing into it a little too much because Sopranos-wise, you that's know, the, that's listen, the Jets, the the Jets, Jets thing, team. Yeah. They are Jets fans. The Sopranos <laughs> are Jets fans. Any Giants fans listening to this understand <laughs> that you are <laughs> stepping into the wrong territory, buddy. <laughs> enjoy Tommy DeVito. Don't enjoy the Soprano. No, I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> but no, it, it's been really funny. And it's it's a lot of fun, especially like on a real note, coming from somebody who has rooted for a team who is stunk, especially in the New York market. It's fun, especially when you get one of those stories. It honestly makes me think back to Lynn Sanity, back when oh. Jeremy Lynn took over New York yeah. for that few weeks stretch back in 2013. Oh my goodness, and, what a and time it's cool it was! In that area as well, you have a 
like a really West. big Asian population there. So they all came out just like in New York with the Giants Similarly, fans and yes. the Italians. So it's like, and that's why everyone's going to play into that. I love it. It's fun. And yeah, his story, those of you guys don't know, he does live at home with his mom, talks about how his mom still cooks for him and says, which is oh, smart, by the way. Yeah, he save money if says you can. she's the best cook. Hey, if I can get actual true homemade Italian food and I will be, I will, I will be there. Mama DeVito, oh, I, I will come that. over for dinner. Homemade Italian oh food. Gosh. Oh, my God. Mama DeVito. Woo! I take back what I just said about your son. <laughs> no, kidding, kidding. <laughs> but it's cute because on the broadcast yesterday, they talked about how, um, but now people in the neighborhood, I guess, drop off food. That's <laughs> so, so like, fun. No, I it's, love it. it's I been love a it very so fun much. story. Like, I don't want my, my little joking rant no. before to go, uh, you know, on the wrong ears and the wrong side of things. It's been a fun story. It's really, really cool. And it just it feeds back into the wonkiness of like, even if you are an undrafted guy and even if you quote unquote stink by some random radio guy in Hawaii, <laughs> you're still pretty good to the fact that hey. you can win NFL games. So shout out Tommy DeVito, shout out the Giants, shout and out Brian Dayball, the whole again head coach of the Giants. Like I, I still just think when he I should think... be fired and be the Jets' <laughs> offensive coordinator next year. But yes, shout out Brian Dayball. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. But just to cap off that week, now you take a look at the playoff picture. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, the only team as of now to clinch a playoff spot in general is the San Francisco 49ers um, on the NFC side, followed by. Cowboys, Lions, play, and the Bears going to sneak in there. <laughs> I only say that because it was nice to see the Packers lose because the Bears are the only team uh, left out of the NFC North they're in terms of the, the but they're in the hunt. Yeah, in terms of being in the playoff picture, so we got the Cowboys, Lions, Buccaneers, Eagles, Vikings, and Packers. Blah. <laughs> so, but they lost to the Giants. So we'll see how it changes up. On the bubble are the Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, Saints. There's the Giants. There's the Bears. Uh, Commanders, Cardinals. Again, a few more weeks left, so everyone is still, it's still very much up in the air. NFC, only one playoff spot clinched by the 49ers. On the AFC, technically no team as good as the Ravens are doing and how well they are, and they are at the top of the playoff picture right now. They technically have not even clinched a playoff spot like the San Francisco 49ers. So you got the Ravens, the Dolphins, Chiefs, Jags, Browns, Steelers, and Colts. On the bubble, you got the Texans, Broncos, Bengals, Bills, Chargers, Raiders. There's the Jets. Hey, we're almost even, Paul, on both of say, our sides. I, we are probably in just about the same spot in terms <laughs> of likelihood for the playoffs. But like the meme says, so you're telling me there's a chance. And what I love to see, the Carolina Panthers <laughs> officially eliminated from playoff contention. And hopefully so were they the don't Patriots. Need... Oh, yeah, the Patriots. <laughs> Paul's happy about that. (laughs) Paul's happy about the Patriots being officially eliminated. Those are the two teams that mathematically are officially eliminated from the playoffs. If if you are not a fan of any of those teams, you still have a chance technically in terms of mathematically. So Panthers, though, Bears own their 2024 NFL draft pick. So I love to see it. And hopefully they don't try as, as hard to win any more games. Because that way I can actually root for my team to continue winning games. Because at least they'll still have potentially the number one overall pick. Because they are at one and twelve. Patriots are at three and ten. So they they would pick behind the Panthers. And I hope the Pats keep winning too. By the way, I hope they win two or three more games. <laughs> Secretly, they're eliminated, but we want them to win. Yeah, more, I want so they them to up. pick in a terrible spot. I want them to pick like eighth. <laughs> anyway. 
I know. Oops. Now, but see, now it's just so funky. Marvin Harrison Jr. needs to decide what he's going he's to going, do. Uh, can I tell you this? He's going to the NFL. I don't he care. Better. I don't care about all the. I know the reports are like, oh, he might make as much. No, he won't. Nobody's going to give him 24 to $25 million for one year in college. Yeah. Because Guarante- that's what he's going to get guaranteed for a top three overall pick. Nobody's giving him that. Also, he's not going to play another year in college and not have a great quarterback in front of him and have a chance to go get hurt. I, I hate that conversation whenever people, because people love to bring it up. It's an agent ploy to get more money, to get people to be like, oh, we want to take you higher. We want to. Shut up. He's, he's going to the NFL. He's not making 25. And if he doesn't go to the NFL, then it's a bad business decision. It's so bad. I'll tell you that much. And, and maybe he wants to beat Michigan and whatever. And I get that. And that part of college competition, that part, that speaks to me. That actually, I will hear him out on that. But if it's a money thing about NIL, no, stop. Because then we have gone too far with the NIL stuff because nobody is paying $25 million for a wide receiver to stay in school. Guaranteed. So That's, that's the yeah. thing. Guaranteed. <laughs> Put it in escrow right now. Yeah. This is to you, your name. Not deferred $680 that, million dollars down the line. And, and that was the thing I pointed out when someone first told me about it was like in our group text about Marvin Harrison that he could potentially stay it's the same thing with his, Caleb Williams yeah the NIL thing so for those not familiar there's like those rumors out there that they're trying to shop or get Ohio State would could potentially get Marvin Harrison Jr. back and the deal on the table could be somewhere along the lines of 20 to 25 million dollars for a season when someone sent that to me the first is what you said I was like yeah but I doubt Whatever business is or the school or whatever is offering that, I'm sure in the contract, because it's not a smart business decision on both sides, whether you're the business or Marvin Harrison Jr., if they if they guarantee that to you, then maybe you have something it's to think about, but they're not going to guarantee also, that. Not like if, the NFL, like you mentioned, top three pick, you get guaranteed chunk of money, and you get all the other benefits that come with it, you know, like now they're improving State has stuff. That money, they should get a quarterback, because <laughs> yeah, Kyle McCord is in is the gone. portal. And he also stunk in terms of Ohio State quarterbacks because he never beat Michigan. So maybe spend some of that $25 million on a quarterback that can beat Michigan. You always seem to get pretty good receivers. Anyway. Anyway. End of my When we rant. come back, we will still talk about the money and give you all the updates on Shohei Otani. And, oh, it disgusts me because it's the L.A. Dodgers. But anyways, <laughs> we'll be back to talk about that on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kukule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. I've searched this whole wide world. Wake Up in the Den, Kukule Agbayani and Paul Brecht on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760 and hawaiisportsradio.com. I forgot to mention in our previous nfl conversation i posed this on um my twitter because and i i i kind of got rid of like the first half of the uh, what was posted by the sports business journal and now that i think about it i probably should have left it but you know limited characters because i'm not going to play for the extended amount of characters but the sports business journal basically um posted on their social media that i think it was like 70 so 70 percent of fans don't live in their primary team's market that's nfl fans so 
that would be all of us here in Hawaii. Um, and then across the country, sure. And then it says the league also believes two-thirds of the fans have at least one secondary team. So I took out that first part, but on my Twitter, I said uh, via SBJ, the NFL believes two-thirds of fans have at least one secondary team. And I posed the poll, do you have a secondary favorite team? If so, who's your favorite and um, and your secondary teams? I only said that because I do have a secondary team. And it's funny because, of course, Ian Shearing would comment on it. So we've got 19 people so far. And actually, more people have a secondary team than I thought. So it's actually... One team only has 52% of the votes and people having secondary teams have 47%. And again, people in Hawaii, it's just natural because we don't have a team that we necessarily have in this um, state. Hawaii being our only actual team. So my secondary team, this is before the Hawaii sports radio thing is the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to lie. That's my secondary team just because my neighbors growing up were huge Dallas Cowboy fans. And their parrot could say, run, Emmett, run. He would go, That's, run, Emmett, run, I, run, Emmett, I run. I've heard enough. <laughs> I, I would be in for life. And then if you go, like you make the touchdown move to the parrot, the parrot will say, touchdown. Yep. It's like, so. Sold. Sold. I, I, so like the Cowboys are like my secondary team that I cheer for just because, again, when I was a kid. And I mean, Emmett Smith, Deion Sanders days, like those were like the. It's very fun. It was so it's like thinking of like Michael Jordan Bulls days like that team is just so fun to watch and everything that surrounded it. But anyways, yeah, that's my secondary team. And you guys can still vote if you want or text us at 808-888-KG1. That's 808-888-5481. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to see if anybody else feels the same way. That's all. Uh, I know you. I know you only have one team. So I do fine. only have one team, but that doesn't mean. Uh, actually, actually, I'll go. I'll go here for baseball at least. I do have an AL and an NL team in terms. I root for the Yankees. Obviously, I'm a diehard Yankees fan. But I have gone to an exorbitant amount of Pirates games at this point. So I actually root for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Funny enough, get out. No, <laughs> it's funny enough because. It couldn't be more different from the Yankees. You want to talk about a team that doesn't spend anything. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We won't I, I, I joke because they're in the cubbies. same division as the Cubs, so it's just funny. But anyways. But yes. that, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's my only my duel. <laughs> but even there is more like, uh, I just like to see them do well. Outside that, otherwise it's... Jets or get out. It's Yankees or you know get out. Unless you're the Pirates, <laughs> and it's you know who we want to you know, see get Knicks out or get out. Oh. It's the Dodgers. Get out of here. So Shohei yeah, Otani. Yeah, get out of here for the Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Oh my gosh! I, so that I have that on my <laughs> notes too. After we talk about Shohei and why it's a huge deal that they're leaving all this room to sign someone else, and it could potentially. Be with the Dodgers. That's why it just pains me all the time. But I know we have a lot of Dodger fans here in Hawaii. So congratulations for winning the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Signed the richest contract in American sports history. 10-year, $700 million. Woo! It shatters the previous record by his former teammate, Mike Trout, uh, who had that $426.5 million extension with the Angels in 2019 and surpasses the $674 million deal that Lionel Messi signed with FC Barcelona. But the biggest part about this whole thing is that Shohei Otani, being the good teammate that he is, and we've talked about him before, where he just wants to win. And that is evident in what he is doing for the Dodgers in deferring 
a huge chunk of his salary, 97% of his salary, $680 million of the $700 million in the contract, in the contract will be deferred without interest, payable over 10 years after his playing contract expires. So he is only, there's in the CBA, there is no rules on the amount that you have to or can defer. The only requirement is that you pay the player the minimum. So for the next 10 years, Shohei Otani is going to, air quote, only be paid $2 million from the Dodgers in order to help with the, help them sign other players and build a winning team around him. Shohei Otani will be the 17th highest paid player on the 25-man roster of the Dodgers next season, despite being on a 10-year, $700 million contract. There are so many things to talk about with this. We're going to have to talk about it another day because we're running out of time, but it goes to show you how lucky you are if you are the Dodgers that you you have a superstar who will do this, but also Shohei is able to do this because of his off-the-field ventures as well. Such a marketable guy. $50 $50 million in 2024. So he's like, I don't need the money. I just want to win. And should they win a World Series with Shohei Otani, that off-field endorsements will skyrocket and all the money the Dodgers come back in advertising from Japanese markets is insane. But got to go. We'll continue the conversation throughout the week. For Paul, I'm Kule. Bye.